You are listening to the Collaboration for Change podcast by Vishal Tolombia. And today, we have with us the more than amazing Kayla Kaz. She is the founder and CEO of Fiber Lab. She believes in empowering fashion businesses to go beyond sustainability and implement circular and regenerative practices throughout their supply chain to create resilient, hyper-localized fashion communities within urban environments, utilizing the abandoned source of urban waste to fuel textile development. creating an interrelated circular and local fashion system for fashion development i'm so excited to have her with us today so please make sure to stay tuned to discuss how she plans to push the sustainability factor in the fashion industry and what's next for innovative enterprise hi everyone welcome to the humanity center designs collaboration for change conversation a podcast dedicated to future fashion industry's biggest change making entrepreneurs and innovators in the fashion industry from all over the world where we learn exactly how they did it we'll cover some of the most intimate success stories to success and how they overcome the obstacles along the way i am vishal tolombia ceo and founder of humanity center designs an innovative fashion hub empowering fashion manufacturers and textile waste bringing humanity center designs is an incredible journey so far and we have recently launched our first transparent and ethical fashion hub humanity studios within humanity studios We have launched an initiative with fellow founders and innovators in the fashion industry, Collaboration for Change, a collective initiative where we are bringing the most impactful innovations together for the conscious consumer in a fair and transparent way. So I have decided to launch this initiative as a founder, keen to learn and share about the fellow founders around the world and grow together as I believe in a highly competitive industry, we can be an extraordinary example of collaboration over competition. So I am using this platform as a way to help and hopefully inspire each other who are on their pathway to transformation. So if you are an innovator, entrepreneur, or simply just curious to know more about sustainability in fashion, this podcast is perfect for you. Be inspired to take actions and be the change you want to see in the world. So without further delay, it's time to welcome our guest for today, Kayla Kaz, who is joining a collaboration for change initiative. She is the founder and CEO of Fiber Lab. an award winning textile recycling startup based in east london they utilize a custom built mechanical shredding machine to turn post industrial waste into valuable recycled fibers their approach to the circular economy is hyper local ensuring the entire waste collection sorting and remanufacturing process takes place entirely within the uk i cannot wait to see what kyle does and we are also good friends so this is not our first conversation but i'm just so excited to have her with us today and thank you so much kaila for joining for us this podcast of course thanks for having me really excited to uh get into the details yeah definitely so you know like with this podcast like the beginner questions that i usually ask like who is kaila in a mm-hmm. nutshell what does she do ah uh, this is such a good question um and it really made me think for a while like who am i how do i identify in the world it's it's so interesting um but i think you know obviously i'm an entrepreneur i'm a business owner um but in my personal life i'm also a wife and a daughter um and i try to approach life as a change maker and an innovator and someone who wants to make the world a better place um and i think one of those things that that maybe makes it a little bit different is that i have this kind of like 
zoomed out approach where I really look at everything in a holistic way, whereas sometimes people can get very focused on specific niche topics and industries, which we're all, you know, prone to do. But I always try to like look at every decision in my life in a really holistic way. How is this not only impacting the environment, but also society and culture and the economy and how do we exist within you know, these systems that are around us today. Definitely. And like, you know, I know it takes a lot of strength that you already have, like as a dear friend, I already know like how you are managing all of this professional and personal life all together in an amazing and smoothing way. You have won multiple awards for Fireball Lab. So I was just Mm -hmm. curious to know, like, how did you like, you know, came into the fashion industry? Like, was it like just potential decision or it was just a part of a journey? I think I was destined for the fashion industry. I, as soon as I like discovered sewing when I was maybe like 10 years old in an art class, I was like, this is my thing. Like I love sewing stuff. I love the textiles, the tactical experience of feeling things and putting things together and making, you know, something out of nothing. Um, It was really, really like just, I found it was my passion instantly. Um, And then I think it became pretty obvious, you know, through high school, I was sewing and making garments and doing competitions and things like that. So I knew I was going to go to college to, you know, work as a designer. And then my career path shift and changed a bit after I actually went out into the industry, Um, got that first, you know, industry job in New York City and realized, ah, the industry isn't really as good as we think it is. You know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Someone should make some changes. Um, And of course, I decided, you know, I'm not happy with the way it is. So I I need to be the person to change it. That's true, definitely. So, you know, like you started, like you always knew, like you have to work in the fashion industry since the beginning. And you like started in New York as a designer or working in a company. Then how was your experience, you know, like in regards to the States and the UK in terms of fashion industry, what is the most important changes that you saw while moving across the countries in terms of fashion specifically? Yeah, well, it was really interesting because, you know, that first job in New York, I was working as a designer for a really big fast fashion company and I hate to bash them. I'm grateful for the experience because Without that experience, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, But at that time in New York City, it was maybe like 2016, 17, there was no sustainable fashion brands. People didn't talk about it. None of the businesses cared. There was no like rules or regulations about textile waste or manufacturing. I was kind of inherently engaging in sustainable fashion, shopping vintage, mending my own clothes, making my own things. Um, And it just got to a point where I was like seeing at my day job how much waste was being generated, start asking questions, where's this going? What happens when we reject all this fabric? Like, what about the factory? Like, what do they do with it then? Um, And getting these not great answers. So I started looking for master's programs. And it was really interesting because in London, there was this small kind of growing community of sustainable fashion innovators, specifically the Center for Sustainable Fashion at LCF, that really sparked my interest. I was like, oh, these people are doing something good. Like, 
they're the ones who are really like taking this seriously and leading the industry. You know, their research is is inspiring everyone else to to follow suit. Um, and I said, well, I think I need to go there and learn from these people because they have it figured out. Yeah. Definitely. So it, and so like, it was an easy was decision. So like, was it like really a smooth journey when you started working in the sustainability and when you were doing a master's project or how was mm -hmm. it like to get into the changes? Because, you know, like, I feel like when you start working in the fashion industry and specifically like you, when you're working in the sustainability and you're creating your own pathway in this industry, so you find a lot of challenges, you know, like in terms of your personal lifestyles also adopting like sustainable lifestyle is something which gets really hard for, you know, like for a practitioner in sustainability industries and when you see others mm -hmm. you know like who are doing inspirational work like to be honest with you like when i moved to you know like london for my master's studies you were one of the one like who really inspired me in terms of the work that yeah this is the work that i want to do out there like this is something the change we are making so you were one of them like who inspired me to for my master's so i can share this for my listeners over here like before in india like you inspired me so like Thank when, you. Yeah. So like when you see, you know, like you start seeing the real change, like when you were working in your master's. So like, how did you like focus your specialization in the sustainability? Like how and why was Fiber Lab was born? What inspired you to start this innovative enterprise? And like, if you can share with our listeners, like how did you build it from the starting and more than mm. like how it grow than what is the current stage of Fiber Lab? Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing to say is I came to my master's with no intention of starting business at all. That was not something I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to just, you know, maybe get a job in a sustainable fashion brand and like do the same thing, but a little bit better. Um, but yeah, moving to London, first of all, it was a huge shift culturally coming from New York, London and, you know, living as a working professional and then becoming a student and being thrown into this academic setting, I have to tell you, I was so intimidated and shared and scared. And I had like major imposter syndrome just going to Elthea. I thought, oh, everyone else is so smart and brilliant and amazing. And what am I even doing here? Like, That's I'm not true. an academic. You know, we all we all go through these things. Um, but I think the great part about the Fashion Futures course is that it really inspired us to look at all these different things holistically. So I was looking at, you know, just the globalized textile recycling system being like, well, all these solutions exist. Why are we not doing things in a better way? How is all of this way still ending up in landfill in Ghana, somewhere so remote and disconnected from where it's being generated, which is majority in the West? That's true, um, definitely. And it was it was just mind boggling to me. So through my research, I started, you know, asking designers and businesses, what are your biggest sustainability challenges? How can I help you? How can I use my research to help your business, you know, be more sustainable, um, find some solutions to these challenges? Because, you know, during our masters, we're reading about all these solutions, amazing projects, amazing innovations. Um, but there's there's this gap of like actually being able to implement those really great research ideas into the real world. Like in an academic setting, you're reading all the papers and you're like, this is the answer. How come we're not doing it already? Yeah. Um, so I spent a lot of my time 
researching, interviewing these people and kind of coming to the same conclusions. Everyone said it's really difficult to find solutions to the textile waste generated from the manufacturing process. There's these little bits that are really difficult to upcycle because they're too small, they're regularly shaped. Um, they're all different types of materials, fiber contents, and it's difficult waste because you can't resell it. Like that's how the majority of fashion waste is processed. It's resold and then if it doesn't get resold, um, it's exported abroad and then ends up in a landfill. So I was thinking like, well, there are these different options. There's textile recycling options, um, but they're disconnected. You know, it gets shipped one place to a sorting facility, then shipped to another country for mechanical recycling, then shipped somewhere else to like be spun into yarn, then to another factory to be woven into fabric, then back around the world like five more times to actually yeah. get it made into something new. It's it's crazy. It makes no sense. Definitely, yeah. And so, like you know, the, I understand like like the way you are working in the textile recycling, like you know, it has a lot of you know like connected like supply chain and like it requires it's, mm -hmm. it's a complex structure that you like you have to work with in the industry. So like when you started working in this, like you were coming all the way from New York. So like how did you establish the whole network? You know, like design for fiber lab specifically. How did you turn this complex structure? into you know like a fine one or is it still complex in terms of your like working operations so how do you manage all these things over there yeah it's a good question how we manage everything <laughs> to be honest um but the network grew really organically like when i came here i was so inspired i went to every single event even if it had like nothing to do with you know what i was interested in studying even if it wasn't about textile recycling i just went to every fashion event i could find every entrepreneurial event um, and I have to give a lot of credit to my teachers and mentors and um, advisors because they were the ones connecting me to their network. You know, it's always like yeah. someone else helping you. Like you don't get to where you That's are true. without everyone else supporting you and saying, okay, yeah, here, why don't you talk to so-and-so or Kayla, I think you should go over here and interview this colleague of mine. Um, so maybe I need to give a shout out to my tutor, Francesco, <laughs> who definitely set me up on the right path. He's got so many connections in the industry. Um, and he was definitely the one to like, kind of push me in that direction and, and have me go out into the field and actually start talking with people. And I feel um, like it's really important to have people's, you know, like who have got your bag and who have the already existing industry links and then they provide you with the network and resources that you require. So like, definitely I can feel like how Francisco would have been really beneficial for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like how exactly the fiber lab fiber lab came into this? Like how did you started building it and you like transformed into an enterprise? Yeah, it was from my research. Um the whole concept was inspired by one case study that I found that was called Fiber Shed. So yeah. it was a or it is a system in California that's a network of farmers and weavers and dyers. And they they basically do the entire textile production process from farm to fabric within a certain like 100 mile radius. And I was really inspired by that concept of relocalizing the system. Um, and one of the really interesting things is that they the way that they raise the sheep for the wool is actually in a carbon positive way. 
So they're actually sucking down carbon from the atmosphere and sequestering it in the soil where it belongs, which I thought this is amazing. Like this is actually really a way、amazing. that you can make fashion in a positive environmental impact.、Um, yeah. Because we're always trying to like mitigate negative impacts、uh, and try to make fashion less bad. But this was actually an example of fashion being good for the environment, which was really inspiring. So I was trying to think of like how we can kind of copy this. But in an urban setting, because we don't all have farms, you know, we can't all go, you know,、yeah. have our own sheep and <laughs> and spin our own wool. So how could we make this happen in cities? And the one thing that we have a lot of is waste. So kind of the switch is waste instead of wool, and、nice. reusing and recycling that. Um, so yeah, Fiber Lab is inspired by the fiber shed methodology, and that's what I studied during my masters. And then it kind of happened organically, where、um, I was sharing this research with、um, different mentors. I was applying for the very first thing I did was the Procter and Gamble's Better Lives Award, and getting that little like recognition like really just lit this fire in me. I was like, oh my god, my work is being recognized. It means good. It means、yeah. it's worthwhile to continue pursuing it.、Uh, so then I kind of like was like, well. Let's keep doing this. These businesses have a problem; they would pay for this solution. We got a little bit of funding to like build a mini shredder. It was like this big, and see if we could recycle <laughs> some textiles.、Um, and ever since then, it's been kind of like slowly scaling it up to the next step, next step. You know, like everyone has a lot of like they feel like a lot of fears, like of obstacles and barriers within their journey. So when you after your post graduation, when you started working like with Fiber Lab, so what were the kind of barriers you know like that you were facing as an entrepreneur or within your operations to develop Fiber Lab to to another level? Ah,、uh, the values or the challenges. Which one?、Uh, the challenges would be here. The challenges would be like really good to know for the listeners who would like to, you know, like start working the sustainability industry. So, like,、mm. what were the challenges you, as an entrepreneur, faced while building Fiber Lab? Well, I think the biggest challenge to anyone trying to make a change is getting funding to actually implement your ideas and make it a reality.、Um, so it was it was kind of a unique time because right after we graduated, it was still COVID time. So I had a little bit of time to just kind of sit and ruminate how I was gonna, you know, make this happen.、Uh, and then I applied for the Mayor of London's Entrepreneur Award. Ended up getting it. Wow! That had a good yeah, chunk of money. It. Yeah, that's true.、Um, really, congratulations to you. Thank you. Yeah,、yes. I think that was kind of like the defining moment.、Um, after I graduated, it was like, okay, here's this. Big recognition. Here's a chunk of money. Go do the thing.、Um, so I think if that hadn't happened, things would have probably turned out a bit differently. But luckily, that happened, and it's just been kind of like troubleshooting the small problems as you go. I was trying to figure out how are we going to scale up this machine. What kind of machine does it need to be?、Yeah. You no, know, I'm not an engineer, so I was talking to every friend I could think of, like. Hey, I'm thinking of like this is what it needs to do. What kind of changes should we make to to have it work that way?、Um, 
But yeah, I would say probably like funding your project is the most difficult because at the same time you have to, you know, survive, pay your rent, eat, and then having extra money to put into something that is kind of a risk is, is a barrier for a lot of people. So that's Definitely. a big challenge. And like, I feel like, you know, the work, like you, you have built your enterprise so strong and communicative out there and it provides like winning all these awards, you know, like give a great recognition out there and the funding helps you to develop in a smoother way. So definitely it's, it's a really helpful, you know, like recognitions with some small monetary funding to allow you to grow successfully in the industry at, at a small pace and steps. So like now if we shift, you know, like talk about like Fiber Lab circularity. So like what impacts mm-hmm. does Fiber Lab have in the fashion industry and how is your operations are more circular in terms of, you know, like, recycling textile waste and everything so if you can provide a more detail about circularity in fiber lab to our listeners yeah of course so it kind of started as a shredding service so a lot of the small designers that we initially started working with were saying that they were trying to like cut up their scraps by hand and use them to you know create puffer jackets or cushions or just repurpose their scraps So we started um, by taking the textile waste, shredding it, and then sending it back to those designers so that they could use it in creating new products, use it in art projects, use it to make new things. Um, But as we were growing, we realized some of these bigger businesses who have tons of waste, like garment manufacturers, hotels, bigger brands, they don't really have the time and resources to take that waste back and use it to upcycle. So we kind of started to pivot and say, well, what could we make with this? All different types of fibered waste and how could they still make use of it in some way? So one of the things we're working on now is we got in a research and development grant to turn natural fiber textile waste. So cotton, linen, uh, silk into papers for the industry. So turning them into things like swing tags, note cards, marketing materials, things that can help communicate your sustainability initiative to your customers. Um, And that's one way that brands can take back their textile waste within their business. Um, And another thing I know people are probably thinking like, well, swing tags are kind of a disposable thing, but we're testing the recyclability of those as well. So we can make sure that those can go into a normal paper recycling and be recycled over and over and over again, multiple times. Um, Another thing we're looking at is, is different applications. So using recycled fiber in things like furniture or interior design pieces, which have a much longer lifespan. and and those products would be more consumer facing. So taking a really kind of broad and creative approach to trying to make things, materials and products from all these different types of recycled fiber. Wow, that's a, I, and I feel like when you talk about, you know, like small things like swing tags and everything to larger products, you know, like for home furnishing products and like these things. So even the small things, have a lot of impact on the environment and i feel like that's one of the amazing things that you and are doing at fiber lab you that you are focusing not just on the big things but even at the same time you're focusing on the small things that eventually you know like sum up to be a really large impact in the fashion industry so these products are 
100% like you know low impact made with recycled materials at fiber lab and when i like you know got in touch with you regarding collaboration for change initiated by humanity center designs when for a collaboration so you know like to bring your low impact products for the wider conscious consumers in a fair and transparent and ethical way how was your feeling about it like for this invitation for the collaborations and how did you you know like like approach and understood with the collaboration like how it could benefit you and the larger industry out there i was so excited when you came to me with this project i was like this is such a good idea this is amazing um because one of the things we so badly wanted to do which aligned perfectly was kind of engage with more people so our current customers are all businesses but we really want to be able to kind of engage society engage community and one really good way to do that is through products that people can like look and touch and purchase to be a part of something bigger than them and then you know you have this product at home and someone goes oh that's really cool and then you can kind of tell them the story about it and kind of share the ethos of you know sustainability recycling and just make people more conscious make it more of a part of our everyday lives um so yeah it kind of aligned perfectly because this is something that we really wanted to do was make products that you know the community could engage with um but since we're kind of set up as a recycling business we don't really have all the time and means to set up a store and do the branding and do all this amazing um marketing that you have around it so it it was the perfect timing and perfect collaboration and also to be a part of something that you know other designers and change makers are a part of um like you know my colleague Cassie Quinn is going to be a part of it and we've shared a really like similar journey like she also recently won the mayor of london's entrepreneur award so proud of her um and yeah i think it's just great that we're all going to like be in the same space together and and hopefully engage with everyone to continue telling our stories and you know like i feel much more happy and proud to be you know like joined by you and cassie for cq studios because you all have won like international awards out there and have a huge credentials and like are doing really impactful work in the industry so i feel like coming all of us together is will make a really good and like impactful and help transform the fashion industry in a really responsible one so what are your mm. thoughts like when innovations will come together so do you think this like we have designed this initiative as with an approach of collaboration over competition so what do you think about collaboration over competition as an approach or a strategy over there within this initiative well first of all vishal you cannot discredit yourself you have done some amazing things as well even just this initiative of setting up a store is such a feat like Thanks big so thumbs much. up to you for all the work you've done like you are right on the same page with the and cassie like you are doing all the great things um thank you but part of your question competition or collaboration is really interesting because so many people especially like in the startup world talk about protecting you know your intellectual property rights and not sharing your secrets with people nice. um and it's the same kind of in the traditional fashion industry as well people are very protective of their their process and their designs rightfully so to some extent but i think what makes our kind of niche section of the industry so unique is that 
we're always open to collaborating because the more that we share our process, the more that we kind of share our techniques and the way that we do things and our beliefs and we talk about that, the faster we're able to change and we don't really have time to be protecting, this is the way I recycle or this is the way I produce when we have like a global climate emergency happening, like we have to collaborate we, or we're not gonna make it in time. We're not gonna change fast enough. Um, so that's always my perspective is, of course we have to share, we have to collaborate. We have to change and save the world as quick as possible. And like talking about, you know, like saving the world. So like one of like, I was really curious to ask this question with you. Like if you have all the power to transform the fashion industry, what you should be doing out there to save the world? Well, I think (laughs) one of the most important things, this is, this is a really big question, but even though this is not something that we work directly on, I think one of the most important things is the human side of the fashion industry. So making sure that people who work as garment workers are safe, that they have safe working conditions, that they're paid a living wage, um, that you know the buildings they work in are safe, that they have a good life, and that we eliminate slave labor. I think that is the most important thing right off the bat. Then we can work on you know, harvesting more sustainable materials, recycling, um, all those things that have a less direct impact on human lives, but have kind of, I mean, an equally large impact, um, but just less directly impacting someone on a day-to-day basis. Um, And then I would probably say we need to like cap new raw material development. Like we need to stop with synthetic fibers, we need to stop pulling oil out of the ground and making that into polyester materials um, and just completely pause on that yeah. and then invest all of our money into recycling and biomaterials and putting infrastructure in place where we develop products that last a long time. Um, changing consumer behavior is a really big task I don't know how we do it and change everyone's behavior overnight, but I assume if you have all the money and power, you could probably put out a really good propaganda campaign to make everyone stop buying so much stuff. Um, so I don't know. I think those That's are the true. things. Yeah. I feel like, you know, changing the consumer perspective is a really hard thing to, you know, accomplish in the industry as an entrepreneur or innovator or as a sustainability advocate. And I feel like we all are doing it at some pace to, you know, like help educate the every consumer out there toward a conscious and ethical and transparent fashion out there. So the time is really near now because we all have been working so hard with like everyone is innovators out there. I know in the fashion industry is like having a much more impact and providing the consumer a better and responsible choice. So before you know, like I have this last question for you. So like, Mm. what advice would you like to give to an upcoming, you know, like sustainability enthusiast or, you know, like advocate or entrepreneur to, you know, like have a right pathway to develop their own enterprise in the fashion industry? Mm. I think don't underestimate the impact of research, of just talking to people and having conversations because the more that you ask questions, the more that you figure out and spend time figuring out what that question is, 
that will lead you to your answer, that will lead you to your solution. So often we focus so much of our time and energy on problem solving and just coming up with the solutions and not enough time really thinking about the problem and all those different layers of complexity around the problem. So take the time to talk to people, ask them about their challenges, research different solutions, troubleshoot, get feedback from everyone that you possibly can. You'd be surprised how many people are willing to sit with you and have coffee and share their experiences and give you feedback. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help, collaborate with each other and keep going. It's hard work. And I think people don't always get the recognition they deserve um, for all the hard, good work that we're doing out there. But Stay strong as well. Yeah. Take care Definitely. of yourself. Well, you know, one other be... thing is, sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was gonna say one other thing is not to be too hard on yourself. Like so, oftentimes we work in this industry and we think we have to change everything and we want to have the biggest impact, but there's only so much one person can do. And I think not being too hard on yourself is. It's a really big thing as well, especially when you start getting into the environmental space. You're like so torn with every little decision you make and it can become exhausting at some point. And you have to realize like we are existing within a system of consumption and capitalism. And most of the products you know that you're gonna engage with are not sustainably made. It's really hard to avoid single-use plastics. Like all these little things, I think, if you're focusing most of your energy on making the world a better place, don't be too hard on yourself about the day-to-day -day things that you maybe can't avoid. Oh, that's a great advice. Definitely. Because, you know, like it gives a much more about your personal as well as in professional, like how people can, because I feel like I was like at some time, sometimes, you know, like back, I was really hard on myself because of the sustainable, because I was working in the sustainable industry and I wasn't, you know, like I didn't have the resources to live all the sustainable lifestyle. So eventually mm -hmm. I was putting myself back, you know, like in encouraging those sustainable work I was doing to communicating out there because I was feeling that something that once I have all the sustainable lifestyle, I will, you know, like put into more conversation out there and everything. So that's a really great advice, you know, like I feel like for our listeners, that don't be hard or too hard on yourself because this is the key because things yeah. takes time and you can eventually develop it with time. Yeah, I think we've all gone through that phase, actually, especially when I first started going on this journey, I was so unbelievably hard on myself to the point where you couldn't even focus on the thing that you wanted to do. Um, so yeah, just realize it's not your fault. You know, we're existing within the system that it's not sustainable inherently so just try That's your best true. so yeah like in the end like thank you so much for your like you know time and it's been a really pleasure and i could speak to you like whole day i mean i'm not worried but i'm gonna speak to you very soon anyways <laughs> and i will catch us for the collaboration for change initiative but for everyone listening who want to move have more of fiber at time where they can follow you and like you know or your instagram or your website and know more about your work yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at FiberLab. That's probably the best place. We post a lot on our stories where we have some events that we do on occasion. Uh, we also just opened a new studio in Hackney Wake, which is bigger and more improved. So if you're in the area, you can probably stop by and check us out. Um, we have an email newsletter that we send out 
not super often, just once every few months with some updates. So if you want, you can go to our website at fiberlab.co.uk and sign up to a newsletter. Um, if yeah, those are our main channels right now. I think we hope to do more, maybe an in-person event uh, with us at the Bath Store would be cool. Um, and yeah, don't hesitate to reach out as well. We try to respond to everyone as best as we can. So. And as promised, I'll pop this links and I'll do a, like address of Fireball Avenue Studio in the summary. So please guys, I cannot express how much I admire Fireball Lab and Kai's work. So do check out her amazing work. We cannot wait to have your amazing responsible product in our collaboration for change initiative at Humanity Studios. And thank you so much and it speaks to you soon.